Father's Day uh, is, a, is a special day. Here's the sad thing about Father's Day. Who's the greatest father of them all? You know, Jehovah God, Abba Father, right? The one who we cry out to, the one who has sent his son to die for us, the one who has created us, and the one we worship and serve and all these things. Uh, but the saddest thing about it is, is Father's Day is probably one of the least attended days uh, in, in, of any Sunday. Out of all 52 Sundays in a year, Father's Day is the lowest attended Sundays, uh, you know, in, along with maybe Memorial Day weekend and whatnot. And what's, sad, what's weird, though, is on Mother's Day, it's one of the most highly attended. So that shows you how, you know, the women have more of a heart to bring their family to church than the father. And that's sad. That, that's, just, that's, that's just sad. Uh, because who, who is responsible for the spiritual well-being of the household? The daddy, the father. And I tell you, man, so I, I just, I'm honored that you guys are here today in Father's Day. And, and I tell you what, the Lord really, man, I, you know, I'm thinking about William up here. And I know he's thinking about his daddy. Uh, my wife yesterday, uh, her daddy was a truck driver, and they played that song uh, "Roll On, Big Mama" or whatever the Alabama song, and uh, "Roll On Highway." <laughs> That's another song. <laughs> That's two different songs. Hey, there is a "Roll On, Big Mama" though, isn't there? Yeah. So, go Google it and listen to it. But you know, she was. We were going to Academy, and that song came on "Roll On Highway." Know, roll on along, and she just said, I can't listen to this right now. She just teared up because she's thinking about her daddy. So, you know, I just, man, I just, I just want to tell you today that if you're, if you're, if your father has deceased, or if you've never known your father, or if you just, if you're without a dad, you know, I just, I want to tell you I love you, and uh, God loves you. you. God, God, don't, don't let your interpretation of a, of an earthly father distort uh, the, the fatherhood of God because that is, that is one of the greatest tactics that Satan uses in people's lives uh, when it comes to their relationship with God is how their relationship with their earthly father went. It's one of the most destructive things that Satan can use. And I want to encourage I want you to know this, that God is a perfect father. God loves you. God's desire is for you. And God's desire is to bless you. He, truly, he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless the whole entire world through you. And what he meant by that is he was through Abraham and his obedience and what he'd done, uh, he brought Jesus into the picture. And because of that, he was able to go outside of not only the, the, the nation of Israel, but to the Gentiles and the, the barbarians and everyone throughout the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ that would, therefore, upon their faith and belief in the name of Jesus Christ, adopt them into the fatherhood of God. They would be adopted into his family. They would be brought into the kingdom. And uh, today, uh, you know, we, there's 35 one another's, and we're not going to be able to cover all of them this summer. But today, I saw it fitting to look at what it means to honor one another, especially on Father's Day. And, and so what is honor? I want you, if you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to Malachi chapter 1, and I'm going to read through. i got a lot of scripture, and i got a, I got a long way to go and a short time to get there. There's another country song for you. But, uh, so I want to get, I want to get in this and, and get on down the road. So, Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Before we can honor each other, we have to ask ourselves, what is honor? Because a lot of times, honor gets thrown in with a lump sum of many other words, and, and the, the specifics of it get forgotten. And, and what, what it calls for, the action that it calls from us, 
uh, gets laid aside because we don't truly ask ourselves, what does it mean to honor uh, one another? What does it mean to honor? And so in, in Malachi 1, verse 6, it says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? This is God speaking. And if I am a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts to you? O priest who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals and sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor, and will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord God of hosts. And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. He says, with such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts. Or that there were one among you who would shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. Let me tell you something, people. It doesn't matter what you do in response to God. It doesn't devalue God and his greatness and his holiness and his worthiness. It says, For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts, but you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food, may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is. These people are complaining about what they have to do to serve God. They're just going through the motions. And it says, you bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. It says, For I am a great king. Everybody say it with me. God is a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared amongst the nations. So God is saying that the people of Israel are not honoring him. Here's the thing. They're sacrificing. They're going to church. They're doing the ritual things. The problem is, is that they're bellyaching about it. The problem is, is they're not doing it the way he asked for them to do. The problem is, is what they're doing is outwardly they're showing respect to God, but on the inside they could care less. And what it is, is that the, what happens when you honor something is that you value that. You have value for an individual. You have value. And, you know, the Bible says here, you'll see in a minute, that we're to, we're to honor one another. We're to honor each and every one. But there are certain, there's levels of honor that we're to be given to different individuals in our life. And a lot of you automatically say, well, this person done me this way and that. Let me tell you something. The Bible, we have enemies and we have times and we have to separate from people and we have the hard decisions that we have to make. But in all of this, we're to still value a human being. We're to still honor one another. And what we have to do is read the word, how to walk through the difficult. See, it's, it's the difficult situations that throw us off. But here's the deal. The Bible says honor nonetheless. 
But what happens here is the people, they're, they're doing what God's asked them to do, but they're not doing it with value. They're not honoring God for who he is. And because of their, that, they're not willing to give him the best. They're not willing to sacrifice to him the, what he's asking for. They're not willing to, uh, to uh, give him the best of what they got because it's selfishness and they value themselves and their thinking and their ways higher than God. You see, respect and value is what makes honor. Respect and value, not just going through the motions. I want to give you some more examples of honoring God. You know, William talked about the offering earlier. Proverbs 3 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Now, what's honoring about giving God the first of your first fruits? Because you say, God, I value first and foremost in my life. God, I value, I'm going to give you, I value you so much, I'm going to give you the best of what I have. You see, that's what giving is all about. It's about honoring God. You see, you can, you know, the Bible talks about honoring God with your lips and your heart being far from him. But you know what? When you give God the best, there's no question. When you give it cheerfully, as the Bible says, because what kind of giver does the Lord love? A cheerful giver. So when I give God the best and I give it to him cheerfully, there's no question about am I honoring God. There's no question about, you know, God doesn't, you know, there, there, my fruit is to be judged righteous because, hey, I'm giving God what he asked for, and I'm giving it because I love him, because I trust him. And what does God say? He says, if you do this in testing me, he says, and proving me in this, he says, see if I will not, you know, bless you back. Because what does God love to do for his children? He wants to bless them. But remember this, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I've got for you to prosper, yada, yada, yada. Everybody quotes that scripture all the time. But they don't go on and read the rest of the paragraph and say, but I'll come back in 70, 70 plus years, you know, to do this. Because God wants to bless his people, but not at the expense of your relationship with him. Because God is a relational God. God wants to bless you, but he is a perfect father. He knows when, the Bible says that he disciplines those whom he loves. He knows when to discipline. He knows when to bless. If we want to be able to walk in a relationship of blessing with God and, and, and a good walk with the Lord, we have to read his word and his statutes and do what he asks us to do. But it's hard when our hearts don't value him for who he is. But you see, those of us that give cheerfully and give God the first, it's because we value God. And it says here that we honor him with those things. Here's a scripture today that, that I've read before, but it's not a common one. But it's a great one. Listen to this. Isaiah 58, 13 through 14. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and a holy day of the Lord honorable, call him the, the Lord honorable, it says, if you honor it, not going on your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord. I mean, that's a good scripture, isn't it, right there? Amen? That makes me want to come to church again next Sunday. That makes me want to say, God, you know what? I come to church every Sunday. If I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan next Sunday, you know where I'd be? I'd be in a church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Why? Because I would be worshiping a good God who is the perfect Father, who has never let me down, because I honor and I value Him for who He is and what He's done in my life and what He's going to do in my family and my children's life. 
because I value him. I value him more than anything in this world. I value him. I'm getting a new bow right now, but you know what? If I had to choose between a new bow or God, I would choose God. Why? Because I've missed deer with new bows, but God has never missed the mark in my life. You see, this is what it means to honor, to value, to see something for what it's worth. Not just to go through the motions and to say the things and whatnot, because, hey, people do this day in and day out, but we need to value God for who he is. I want to show you something. I haven't, I don't flaunt this around too much, but this right here, this is my dog tags from the United States Marine Corps, and not all of you have these because you're not Marines. And don't take offense, but you don't rate because you haven't been to Marine Corps boot camp. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it works. Uh, this right here is what you call a hog's tooth. Now, I looked yesterday, and this, this little tooth right here, this, it's, it's, a, it's a bullet, okay? It is, the, it is the projectile out of a 7.62 round. And I looked online yesterday, and right now, one, one 308 round is worth like $1.75 to $2. Man, ammo's going up. It's ridiculous. Now, when I was in the Marine Corps, because, you know, we were crazy little warriors that liked to be belligerent and stuff, on our, on our platoon shirt, we had, you know, the sniper emblem on the back with the crosshairs, and we had a little saying on the front that said, you know, your life is only worth 48 cents. Because, at the time, a bullet only cost 48 cents. Now, that was a complete bullet with the whole case and everything. So this here was probably only worth 20 cents at the time. Now, how, much would, how many of you would give me $10,000 for this bullet? Nobody. How many of you would give me $1,000 for this bullet? You're like, well, heck, I can go buy, you know, uh, a 500 rounds for $1,000. But let me tell you about this little hog's tooth. Let me tell you something about this bullet right here. I would not sell this thing for $10,000 if you offered it to me. Why? Because I have much sweat, blood, and tears invested in this little piece of, you know, it's, it's not an idol to me. It's just a token that was given to me by graduating Marine Scout Sniper School. Uh, at that time, only 15% of the people, and I'm not blowing smoke, I'm not trying to make myself look good, I'm just telling you what this means to me. See, this, here's the deal. This means nothing to you, but it means everything to me. I spent months with not eating, thrashing, shooting, running, humping a pack up and down the hill, playing games, finding a pole. What they call find a pole. You do 25 and 5 uh, Marine Scout sniper push-ups. So this is something that I earned. This is something that cost me dearly, and there's no amount of money that could replace that time and effort, that, that point of my life. How many of you have something like that? How many of you have got something that you're like, you wouldn't sell for any amount of money because it's, it's important to you? My, you know, I've got medals. My dad has medals. My dad's got purple hearts from get, being wounded in combat. But you, do, do you see how the value went from 20 cents to, to thousands to me personally? Do you see the value in this? You see, that's, this, this is the thing that we need to begin to see about God is God is valuable but also we need to we need to quit looking at people and we need to begin to value people and honor them the way that god has called us to honor them that's like who would give me a million dollars for this bible how many of you've got old bibles laying around how many of you ever had the problem of what do i do with my old bible how many of you got a bible that's tattered and you were too afraid to throw it away so you just kept it 
You get a new Bible and you have an old Bible and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do with it? I'm just going to put it on the shelf and it's going to stay there forever because I'm not going to throw it away. Why? Because there's this honor for the Word of God. I mean, you're not, you, you know, I, I'm, I'd be a whole lot afraid, more afraid to dishonor this than I would the American flag. And I honor the American flag. But, you know, this is God's Word. And so, I, I mean, I've got stacks of Bibles that I haven't thrown away because I'm like, uh, what do you do with it? You know, I try to give them away to somebody that can use it. So, so do you see how, you know, you can honor something, even just an object? But how much more valuable is our people? How much more valuable is God? You take the lid off that. So, I mean, and, and, here, and, if, and here's the thing, okay? Let's talk, going back to this. This right here. Many men have tried to get this, and many men haven't. But if you really want to aggravate a Marine Scout sniper, go put one of these around your neck, go around and tell everybody, I'm a sniper, without going through Marine Scout sniper school. Now, here's the deal. There are so many posers. Since I've got out of the Marine Corps, everybody. Oh, my brother's a sniper. My cousin's a sniper. I've got, my grandpa's dog is a sniper. I mean, people just, you know, everybody, you know, and, and the thing of it is, is there's very few men that really have this. I have this, I have a brand on my leg, and I got a piece of paper that's official. I mean, I'm just, you know, this is how people are. And, and they, they dishonor things that are honorable because they want to be honored, but they're lying in the process. You know, right now we've got veterans coming home by the tons. And, and you know what? Some of them are going to be honorable and tell you the truth. And some of them are going to be lying and dishonorable and saying, you know, I killed 3,000 enemy with my pinky, you know. And, and they might have been a pistol pusher, never even seen combat. I mean, you know, these are, this is the way people are. They're either honorable or they're dishonorable. And so I, I was listening to, a, I, I watched a sermon last night, and uh, I didn't take the guy's message, but he had three points that I'm going to share, and then I'm going to go on with my message. But he says this, and if you don't have time to write, I'm sorry, because I, I have a limited amount of time here. But Stephen Furtick says this, he says, the level of honor you give is determined by the amount of value you perceive. So here's the thing. When you value somebody, it's because of the way you perceive that person. And if you don't perceive value in that person, you're not going to honor them. And some of you, some, all of us, all of us, because I'm, I'm sitting here looking in my whole life, how can we truly honor people? How can we truly honor people? We need to begin to look at people as valuable. We need to look at people as people who are God's image bears. Uh, number two, it says the level of, of value you receive is determined by the amount of honor you give. So people value you based on what you offer them and the honor that you give to them and, and, and bestow upon them. And then number three, he says honor is about what you decide, not what you deserve. Because here's the thing, you know, we look, we, we look at TV shows and all these other things. Man, I watched Lonesome Dove last week. That's the greatest show in the world. When old Gus died, I cried like a baby, you know. But when old Gus, old Gus was an honorable guy. He hung his best friend because he had to, because the guy went around with a bunch of guys killing people. He was an outlaw. And he says, you ride with an outlaw, you die with an outlaw. And here's the deal, though. Gus did not dishonor him. Gus, was, Gus teared up. Gus, you know, Gus did what he had to do, but he never dishonored his friend, but he still did what was right. I mean, this guy walked in honor. That's the way he lived. 
Um, but I want you to ask yourself this. How are we to treat people? Ultimately, how are we to love people the way Christ loved us? Amen? How many of you realize that we're to love people, to see people the way Christ loved us? How many of you that thank you, you know, this right here doesn't, this, this, is, this is manure to Jesus. All these things, these personal achievements are, are dung to the Lord. How many of you, when you, look, when you look at yourself in the light of Jesus and what he's done for you, how many of you feel honorable? How many of you would, would go to Jesus to exclaim how honorable you are? Here's the deal. Jesus knows how dishonorable we are and how imperfect we are, but he decided to die for us anyway. And this is the mentality that we're to go out into life. We're to love people and honor people the way Jesus loved and honored us. Now, there's some technical things to get around. Like I said, this doesn't mean that you have to uh, maintain every relationship in your life, and this doesn't mean that you're to hang out with everybody. There's decisions you've got to make in life. But here's the deal. We're to honor people and some more than others. So Romans 12.10 says this, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now what does that mean to outdo one another in showing honor? That means that we should be competing for showing honor. But what do we usually compete for? We usually compete showing dishonor. We usually compete by saying who could come up with the the wisest crack, who could come up with the biggest put-down, who can come up with the, the crappiest little statement, when in reality it's not doing anybody any good. All it is is hurting and dishonoring people, but we have got to become a culture of honor. And right now we live in a time where there's, not much, there's nothing really going on honorable in our, in our country, in our nation, and in our leadership, but what are we to do? Are we to just go rogue and everybody go independent? Or are we to look at the Word of God and say, God, how do I handle this situation? You know, I, I was watching Marcus Luttrell the other day, the Navy SEAL, who was the lone survivor. And you know what? He speaks, he speaks the truth, he speaks his mind, but he doesn't dishonor anybody, as far as I've seen. So yeah, it's possible to do that. It's possible to be honorable. It's very possible to be honorable and be truthful and stand for right, righteousness and justice. Second, uh, 1 Peter 2.17 says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. The same emperor that probably imprisoned him several times for preaching the gospel. Because you know Peter, right? If he felt like the Holy Spirit was in it, he didn't shun from it. He stood up and said, hey, this is what we get. Why? And here's the thing. Was he honorable in the get-go? No. He denied Jesus. Jesus told him we'd do it. You think Peter felt very honorable then? But here's the thing. Peter went through a traumatic experience in his life that made him a man of honor, that made him who he was. So honor, I just want to go through some scriptures real quick that talk about the different, what, different people and different things that we're supposed to honor. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So what does God say will happen if you honor your mother and father? He says it will go well with you and you will live long in the land. I wonder what the opposite of that would be. I don't know. Pray about that. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, 
but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Amen? So we're to honor one another. We're to honor our mother and our father. I tell you what, there's a lot of dishonor today from, from kids to their parents. Stuff that they say to their parents, you know, in public and things that they do, they just don't give a flip. But here's the deal. It's your job as parents to teach your kids what honor is. And you've got to teach them in a way, the, the, the relational way, that it's not just a, an outward thing, but it's an inward thing. You've got to teach them what to value and how to honor people. Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, honor what? Your wives. Ephesians 5, 33 says, Wives, respect your husbands. So, I mean, we kind of agree on that, right? Hebrews 13, 4 says, Hold marriage in honor. What does that mean? That means you need to value marriage between a man and a woman and when you're in that marriage man you need to respect you need to honor your wife vice versa this is what God says and it says it will go well with you all the days of your life you will be blessed for doing so Leviticus 19.32 says honor the face of an old man what, no, <laughs> what, what does that mean what does that mean you know, we, we're so quick to judge people and just, you know, and, and make, make faulty decisions about them. I love going to Kodayama and eating sushi, and I won't go eat sushi anywhere else because I love the story behind Kodayama of a man who fought on our side with the Southern Vietnamese Army. We left him high and dry. He spent six years in jail, tortured and imprisoned as an officer for the Southern Vietnamese Army. But today he has many kids and many children, and he serves sushi in Lumberton, Texas. And he is the nicest guy that you'll ever meet for the crap that he's been through. And a bunch of stupid rednecks going there and say it's stupid. Mm. I'm, there's no telling the people that go in there and say it's a stupid Oriental guy. Racism and hate. Not knowing what he's been through. I mean, it's more honorable than half the people in Hardin County for the fact that he can come in there. And I can't go in there. He, I'll come in there. I don't have to say a thing. He says, Mr. West, I got your, your, your water. I've got your salmon sashimi, and I've got your bowl of soup, just like you want it. I'm like, wow. Nobody knows his story. He doesn't go around flaunting it. We know because Dad talked to him about Vietnam, and he told us the story. And he gets dishonored day in and day out because he's not, you know, a white redneck in Redneckville. You know? It's still around. People, we've got to learn to honor one another. We've got to learn to truly evaluate people for who they are and what God has created them to be and the, the, the importance of their life. You know, you know that God, nobody left the womb without God's permission. You're not here without God's divine permission to allow you to even be conceived. You know how many little eggs flew, that went by that God did not choose to, to bring life to, but when you came by, he says, I want you to live. I want you to come into existence. I want you to be my image bearer. You realize how valuable you are to God and to his kingdom? This is the way God views you. 
First Timothy 5.3 says, Honor widows who are truly widows. And, and what he goes on to say is this, is that mothers who have no husband, obviously, but they have no children and no grandchildren to take care of them. That means they don't have anybody. It was awesome last weekend, you know, or whenever to, for Servolution to go out and to help some, some, some widowed women who didn't have people to help them. But, you know, the Bible says that if you have family that are in need and you don't take care of them, it says you're worse than an unbeliever. You know, we're responsible to take care of the relatives that we have that are still around. That is what our responsibility is as believers because we're to honor them. 1 Timothy 5, 17, it says, Let the elders, this ain't talking about old people, this is talking about church leaders. It says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. It says, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Now, I'd feel really awkward if I was the only elder at this church saying this. But hey, you, you, I'm required honor, obviously. But here's the deal. I'm not the only elder here. That right there is the founding elder. And you know what? That man has laid his life down for many of you today, but you forgot that he did that because I hold the benevolence checkbook now. That's the reality. That's the reality. That's the reality. That man right there has sat beside you and has, has cried for you. He has taken darts for you. He has taken bullets to the face for you in the community and stood up for you and raised you to where you are now. He, he taught whatever everything I know. He taught me to carry on this mission of Gateway Church. But the thing is, is some of you, it's like, eh, he ain't got nothing to offer me anymore. That's not honor. That's using people. That's selfishness. That's saying, I don't need him anymore. You know what? That, you're here. This church is here because he was here. Because he honored God and because this is how the church got here. And I'm going to continue to do the same. But we've got to put honor where honor is due. You little semen kids. That man was there at your births. That man was there when your mom almost died from hatching one of you. I can't remember, but, you know, I wasn't the pastor then. Yeah, you were a lot of trouble. You know, I mean, you know, we, we forget the, the biggest, the, 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 the enemy of, of uh, honor, the, the enemy of value is familiarity. We just get familiar with each other. We've known each other too long. We don't, we don't value one another anymore, and we just don't show it anymore. We don't take time to, to love one another. We don't take time to show honor. We don't take time to, you know, and, and, and it's, it's harder now. I mean, we got more people. I mean, y'all have birthdays every week. We need to consolidate it, have an annual birthday party. I don't know, but, you know, but, but truthfully, you know, we don't. There are some limitations logistically, but you know what? That's okay. It's the heart logistics that we need to be responsible for, that we need to take time to love and honor people and walk up and say, hey, how are you doing? I love you. I appreciate you, whatnot, or whatever it is. We need to treat each other with the utmost respect for that. And, and it says here, uh, you know, and like I said, there, there's Dad, there, there's, there's Mickey Thatcher, there's William Seaman, there's Nick Barker back there, and there's myself. And, you know, some of you don't realize, you know, everybody's got, got it hard in whatever their ways. But being an elder of a church is difficult because, you know what, sometimes you've got to make hard decisions 
they're right because they're biblical. It's what God says to do, and people dishonor you for that. And the sad thing about it is, is the dishonor that you get is because of the cowardice of those people to rise up and do what the Word says. So you have to step in as an elder, as a steward of God's church, and do the right thing because somebody else wouldn't, and then you get dishonored for it in the end. And then these people leave the church, you hang out with them, they're your best friends, and when you come to church, you won't talk to the elder that had a dealing with them, and that's dishonorable. And you're a coward if you do that. And that what, what greater asset could Satan have in his church than people who fraternize with the enemy? Not, not everybody's left his church as the enemy. There are people out there with ill will. And, and some of you, this is, the, this is your best friends. And you'll honor them all day long for for spitting on the Word of God, not doing what God has called them to do. When somebody finally said, hey, this is what needs to happen, they're a jerk all of a sudden. And that's dishonorable. That is dis-stinking honorable. And y'all don't know, the st- and, and the things that I have to do for you guys, I don't let anybody come up and badmouth any one of you. I say, you go to that person and you work this out. I don't stand for that foolishness because it's evil it's dark, it's cowardly, it's disasterly, it's, it's just whatever bad word you can think of, including some words that I can't say from the pulpit. That's what it is. It's dishonorable. We need to value God, we need to value his family, we need to value his people, and we need to va- honor the people that he's asked us to honor in the name of Jesus. Amen? So... I don't need to give no examples. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to give examples of dishonor because we know what's dishonorable. We know what's not right. But what does honoring one another have to do with honoring God? When we honor one another, we honor God, whose image that we were created in. 1 Samuel 2, 30, it says, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promised that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall lightly be esteemed. God's being kind. what we do when we don't honor people you think that our lack of honor for one another doesn't affect them or us you see God knows the plans he has for you but his ultimate goal is to bless you the way he says you're going to be blessed you see God the perfect father wants us to be walking in his ways so that we can be in right fellowship with him but that also so that we will not block the blessings that he has for us because God wants good things in our lives amen but he's not just going to hand them out there unless we follow him unless we seek him unless we obey him and in Matthew 13 57 through 58 this right here is a good example it says this is Jesus Jesus is going around healing people sharing the word and it says and they took offense at him but Jesus said to them a prophet is not without honor except in his except in his own hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. These people did not honor Jesus, and because of their lack of honor for Jesus, Jesus, the Bible, if you study it, 
It wasn't that he didn't want to, it's just that he wasn't able to. Didn't it wasn't because he didn't choose to, it was because he just couldn't, because of their lack of faith. They dishonored him because of that. He could not go around healing the sick. He could not go around declaring the gospel. He could not go around setting forth the blessing that God wanted to give to these people because of their dishonor. And here's the thing. When we dishonor people, we deny them the blessing that God desires for them. But not only that, we deny ourselves the blessing in return that God wants to bestow upon us by, by honoring His created individual beings, by honoring His fathers and mothers, by honoring His pastors, by honoring His, uh, his government officials, by honoring the people that God says, honor these people and you'll be blessed. We block things in our life because we refuse to be honorable people and if Jesus is limited by a lack of honor what, what does it do to our lives what does it do in each and one of our lives when we, when we honor each other we unlock blessings for them because first of all we encourage them we add value to their lives and look, we are not to be the black plague of Satan. We are to be the light-bearing, healing deliverers that Jesus has called us to be. And when we go around adding value to people and honoring people and obeying the word, we only bless them and we bless ourselves in return. Are you passing the honor test? Are you honorable in private conversations? Are you honorable at work? Are you a person of integrity, of truth, of righteousness, of, of obedience to the gospel? Or are you dishonorable? And you know what? Here's the deal. You can always repent. You can always change. But you know, I don't, I don't want to make this, I don't want to make this just an extreme issue, too. I want to ask you this. Here's the deal. How many of you have ever forgotten a birthday of, of somebody you shouldn't have? You know, a spouse, mom or dad, or something like that? Is that really honoring them? Does that really value them? You think you got it bad. My, my parents had to be both born in May and get married in May and Mother's Day in May. I'm like, Lord, we just made, made it's just May Day. We call it May Day. May Day. May Day, May Day. There's so much going on in May, you know. And, uh, but I want, I, want, I want you, you know, what is what is the Holy Spirit spoken to your heart today when I talked about honor? Do you honor God? Do you honor Him in your giving? Do you honor Him by your participation in the Sabbath? Do you honor Him in everything you do? Do you honor one another? Do you honor people? Do you honor authority? Do you honor your family? Do you honor your parents? Do you honor where? Because I guarantee you, you felt, here's the Bible, the Bible says, there is therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ. But the Holy Spirit, being who He is, is a convictor, and He's a truth dweller, and He wants to bring truth to our lives so that we can be blessed. What has the Holy Spirit spoken to your heart today? Because that's what I want you to deal with today before we leave. Like I said, you don't have to get up here and tell everybody your problems, but here, before we leave today, ask yourself, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes before we go. Ask yourself this. Say, Holy Spirit, show me today where I've been dishonorable in my life. Show me today where I can be more honorable to other people. Holy Spirit, I pray that today I will perceive people as valuable and begin to honor 
each and every person that I come in contact with in Jesus' name. So whatever it is the Holy Spirit's t- telling you today, I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to take a short moment. But please respond today to what the Holy Spirit's asked you. The altars are open. William, just lead us in a, in a short uh, worship song. But as every, everyone, I want everybody just to, just to pray and thank God for how an awesome father he is. But be, have honor today and come and say, Lord, forgive me and help me to be more honorable and value people. And I'm included in this. In Jesus' name.